Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Faye Answered Questions podcast, where the Faye family tries to answer questions about life. Uh, joining me on this episode, as with last episode, I have my lovely parents here. Hello, Mom and Dad. Hello. Hello. And joining us is my sister, Felicity. Hi. Okay, uh, so let's dive right on in then. Um, the first question we have is what are homeowner associations or property owner associations? Um, second part of that is why do they suck? <laughs> <laughs> so since my mom has the most experience with this, um, with her job, I'll let her go ahead and answer this. Okay. Homeowner associations, HOAs, or property owner associations, POAs, are set up in subdivisions to help maintain a uh, quality of homes or presentation of the neighborhood so that your property values stay higher. That is if it's a good one. What this entails is each one is different. So um, if you are in a subdivision that has single family homes, it may include maintenance of your yard, of the irrigation. Um, it can help cover the cost of having the amenities of the neighborhood, the pools, the walking trails, the um, playgrounds, that kind of stuff. The bad part of all of this is they can dictate the color of your home, what your fence looks like, if you can have any decorations in your front yard, what your landscaping can look like, um, if you can, you know, have your pink flamingos being flocked by somebody in your neighborhood or not. A lot of POAs say no, they can go as far as to dictate what color of um playground equipment you have in your backyard for your children, such as your climbing playhouses and that kind of stuff. Sometimes they can be, yeah, sometimes they can be overly nitpicky. Um, The cost of them varies. If you are in a condo or a apartment building, a lot of times that will take care of the maintenance of the outside of the building, of the plumbing that runs through the building, of the electrics that run through it, like getting that part repaired. And the maintenance of the buildings, like the air conditioning and heating units that go with it, that kind of stuff. When you are purchasing, you need to look at those covenants. You need to see what's in there. You need to see if you can live with that if or if that's going to be a problem for you. And you also need to look at how much those HOA fees are. They can become very pricey. And sometimes, depending on where you are and what they offer, it can be as much as, I know we have one neighborhood that it is almost $1,600 a month. Yeah. You're, not a you're month, telling sorry, me $1, that. $1,600 a year. Sorry, not a month. I was there about to say, on top are, of your mortgage payment, you're paying what a month? <laughs> some of them, some of them in the bigger, like multi-million dollar neighborhoods, that's not uncommon. Um, ours, the highest one we have at the minute is almost sixteen hundred. That's a year. Here's the kicker: a lot of the HOAs, POAs, want that upfront in January. So if you are not diligent to break that up in a twelve-month cycle and put that money aside. You're not only coming out of Christmas and what you spend on that, your inch are your, you know, your property insurance, your rates, your mortgage payment, and then you're having to pay that on top of it. So it's one of those things. It can be a good deal if it takes care of yard care. So you don't have to take care of your yard, but it can be pretty expensive and a pretty hefty fee on top of what you're already paying. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that gets me is on. So you pay like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars for a, a home that you enjoy, and then you have to abide by what a just a random group of people say, and then you have to pay them a fee on top of that. Yes, and don't they have the ability to fine you if they like drive past your house and don't like something? Yes, if it's not within the covenants of the POA and not of the neighborhood, 
they can fine you for that. Oh, well, and yes, that. it is. <laughs> it is a fine, and they can put a levy on against your house, and they can actually bring a lawsuit against you. It can be ugly. That Most... sounds entirely un-American. <laughs> That's it. I'm moving to the mountains. Buy a piece of land, just live there like a freaking hermit. <laughs> it's totally American. The HOA was designed by people with no brains for people with no brains to live in the same neighborhood and have a collective deficit of brain and be told exactly what they must and must not do in order to live in that neighborhood. It is totally designed for the average American to live. They have no say because that's the way they like it because they cannot think for themselves. Dad coming in with the controversial statements. Look at that, everybody. <laughs> All right, Any so time. it's official. According to Any Dad, stupid time. flocks together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or birds of a feather flock together. So therefore, stupid resides in a HOA community. Because you can't figure out that you need to paint your house and stop having it flaking on the gutters. Neither can you figure out that, holy shit, your weeds don't need to be four foot tall. You must mow your fucking grass. Hey, guess what? That's what the HOA tells you to do. And Dad, sliding into first place, you got something you want to tell us? <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Well, not just uh, stupid flocking with stupid, but it sounds like that could be exploited in some cases, like racially, for example. Yes. Where uh, yes. have you have you ever encountered any example of that happening in real life, or heard about it happening, Mom? Not not in your neighborhoods, but in other neighborhoods. It happens in all neighborhoods. Um, part of that is if the homeowners within that neighborhood are the ones running the POA, HOA, you tend to get a core group that get elected to the board of that. And then they start making changes and manipulating the system to fit what they want, um, which then can cause a lot of problems. So, yeah, I've, I've heard of it. It's not nice. It's not something that's it's where the Karens that, go to breed the mini Karens. Yes. And then, you know, there are companies that run, <laughs> there are companies that that's what they do. They run HOAs and POAs for neighborhoods and subdivisions. And usually um, they are the ones that are put in place by builders that are building out the neighborhood because they don't have time to deal with it. And they put a company in place that deals with that for them. And most homeowners do not want to take it over once they realize how much is involved in it. And so those companies make the money. And that's part of the HOA fees is you're paying that company to run your HOA or your POA. Makes sense. And, and I've just done a, a quick Google here. Um, so from the very trusted source of Wikipedia, uh, <laughs> if you've heard of it, um, I was looking at the history of HOAs and saying that they were first established by land developers sometime in the mid-19th century. So these things aren't new. Um, but however... But they are American. They are, yes. Okay. Um, because was, no Australian developer would ever come up with a HOA. You see, in Australia, you develop a subdivision and you put in the streets and everything, and then you turn it over to the local city council who runs everything, and the property owners look after their own property. Here, they're too dumb to do so. So you have to have a HOA that looks after the streets. Why? Because the council doesn't want to assume the expense of the street, neither does the property developer want to maintain the street, so we developed the HOA, which alleviates both parties of looking after common property. 
Fair enough. And uh, also going on in this article, it says uh, HOA's growth um, increased in the 1960s. In sorry, excuse me, in the 1960s, after residential development was encouraged by the Federal Housing Authority and Urban Land Institute. Yes, good old HUD. Yeah. So it sounds. Yep. Sounds like what Dad was saying. Things grew a whole lot, and the local council didn't want to deal with it, or property developers didn't want to deal with it, so they created the HOAs. Yep. If I ever buy in a development where they tell me I can or cannot have my garage door up or down at a certain time, please just shoot. It would be a lot easier. Awesome. Oh, well, that answers my next question that I had was, have either of you lived in an area that was run by an HOA? No, we made sure we didn't. Hell no. I'm paying, the ha- I'm paying for the property. I'm paying the rates, taxes, the insurance, the mortgage. You're not going to tell me what I can and can't do on it. But I, I mean, I have a problem where we are now that I can't cut the trees down that I need to. I have to do it stealthily. See, that, that's what pisses me off more than anything. Like, if I bought a damn house, if I want to paint that thing periwinkle, I will paint the damn thing whatever color I want. I am paying right. for it. I mean, yeah. Exactly, and that's where I'm at. It is my, it is my slice, piece, whatever, of the country. And in America... The uh, slice slash piece that you own is from the core of the earth to the sky above. Uh, So you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to do on that piece of slash dirt slash core of the earth slash sky above that you want to do. However, they want to dictate, be it HOAs, POAs, or city councils such as the beautiful environmentally friendly tree hugging leftist dumbasses that we have in power here where we live um, that tell you if a tree is more than 10 inches in diameter you can't cut it down even though it is tearing up your house foundation and in danger of falling over and taking out the main power lines for the community when it does that, they want to fine you and use your homeowner's insurance to pay for the repairs, although they made the law that said you can't take the tree down. So there's a lot of issues, not only in HOAs and POAs, but within the city councils themselves within this country about what you can and can't do on your own property. If you buy a piece of property, while ever you, and I'll put it this way, while ever you rent that property from the bank because you pay your monthly mortgage and you own it, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want. If I want to tear my house down and I want to rip all the trees out and I want to put in a farm of basil, not their issue. The issue is, I own it, I'm paying for it, I'm current with the bank, I've got the insurance to cover it, I should be able to farm basil if that's what the hell I want to do. Uh, yeah, but that's that's the reason. And it's like HOE. Like, we have a multi-million dollar establishment north of us where they tell you that you cannot park a car in your driveway and your garage door must always be down. If I'm paying $10 million for a house, my answer to that is a big uh, capital letter F, capital letter Y. Because I'm paying $10 million, I'll do what the hell I want to do. Or I go buy somewhere where I can do it. Absolutely. Um, We were not meant for suburbia. (laughs) (laughs) Any more questions on that? Did we answer? 
Uh, I think we've answered it pretty well and expressed our views on it. <laughs> yes, I'm totally socialist, you can tell. Yeah. I'm sorry if this puts your job in jeopardy, Mom. Uh, I know how I feel. What are they going to do, fire you? I doubt it. They close down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. So following the theme from last week, it's a little bit more of an existential kind of question. Um, but are you happy with your life? Uh, where it is right now, how you got to where you're at, your journey through life. Um, I'll start. Give you two uh, or you three time to <laughs> think about it. I really it. wish you could see what my face is doing right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but for me, um, everything up until graduation of college, fantastic. Loved, loved my life. Um, had two loving parents, great family. Um, you know, I was pursuing something that I wanted to. Um, but everything in that year and a half after college uh, hasn't hasn't been great. So Little for me, I would, <laughs> yeah, character building patience has been learned. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in that that year and a half, I think is has been probably the worst part of my life if i had to say um and so currently am i happy with where i'm at no but am i going to try and change that yes so i don't know who who wants to go wants to go next felicity you're up uh currently i feel like i took a double barrel shotgun to the fucking chest but um i can see where i want it and it's not that hard to get there it just takes time so right i'm fairly okay with where i'm at right now better mentally than i have been in years so but this time next year everything else should have fallen into place so it's just the getting there that sucks it's character building mm, take it back <laughs> All right. uh, Mom, I guess that's you. Me? Yes. So are you happy with your life? Good days and bad days. It's been an interesting ride. All right. Yeah. Short answer. Over to you, Dad. I think, uh, are you happy with your life right now? Depends on whether you have a life a plan for your life right now. If you have no plan, then the chances are you're not happy with where you are. Um, if you have a plan and you're working that plan, then you know where you're at. And so you're not so upset about where you are. So someone, and I'll, I'll for an for an example, so people can grab a hold of it and, uh, you know, uh, think about what I'm saying. Uh, if you take one penny and you double that penny every day for 31 days, by the time you finish doubling that penny, so day two is two cents, day three's four cents, they, you know, four's eight cents. By the time you finish doing that for 31 days, you're at like 10 and three quarter million dollars or a bit more. Actually, it's like 10 million, 767,000 and some odd change. Uh, so, you know, most people don't have a plan. So they can't see that. So you bring someone in that's got that plan and they're at day 15, let's say, and day 15, I think from memory is $164.84. Um, you know, they hit $164.84 and they're like, oh, well, I've 
I've hit where I'm at. Um, uh, so are they uh, unhappy with where they're at? No, because they've hit their goal. Uh, I, I think people that are unhappy with their life are people that have no goals, are people that have no direction. They're people that have nothing. And they keep relying on the external to give them happiness. They, they don't have a actual whole uh, this will be controversial, but uh, they don't have a hold on reality. Um, you are your own reality in this world. Uh, so you can live, well, let's face it, the average American male uh, in normal health, you know, living the way they live will reach 82. The average American female living the way they live will reach, I think it's 84 in six months. So they get two years and six months longer. Um, but are they happy? No. Mainly because they've got no focus. Uh, you know, it's the ones that have, look at for instance, and this is a for instance, and it's a total off the wall example, and people can belligerently and beat me down as much as they want. But look at Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, who have built one of the most successful investment firms ever in uh, Berkshire Hathaway and look at their ages and look at what they're doing. It's because they've got a purpose. They've got, a, they've got something that they're living for. They know what they're doing. And so therefore they live longer because they know where they're at. They have a plan. And I think it's people without a plan uh, that don't have the happiness and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for satisfaction in the life that they're living so for me that brings up a couple of questions uh, first one was you brought up you don't think that uh, people that you say that people that are unhappy with their life or people that don't have a plan. Uh, what about the people that had a plan, but shit happened and they're suddenly on this entirely different trajectory where they're just not happy with, um, tuck, dole, tuck and roll, regroup and start again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and, Felicity, to a, to a large extent, yes. And you've been through that with what you've done so far in your life, and, and you understand that. And I appreciate And that's really, that's really the bill. So um, people come out of life, and uh, uh, let me, uh, the easiest way is me. So I come out of high school with a plan on what I want. Um, uh, you know, I've got I've got a plan in where I think I'm going and what I'm doing and and where I want to be and uh, I'm heading in that direction. Uh, through certain circumstances life throws me a curveball and I end up on a plane that I don't want to be on necessarily. So, as Felicity said, you you take a step back and you regroup and you look at your life uh, and you make a new plan based on where you're at and the decisions that you have made. Now, I, I think that's the biggest thing in all of this 
in what Felicity said and what I'm saying is that you have to be the one that makes the decisions. If you are not making the decisions, uh, then you will forever regret what happens. Um, now, there may be other parties involved in making that decision, but when you consult and confer and talk about the cash out, and it could be a spouse, it could be a girlfriend, it could be a potential fiance, it could be anything, it could be anyone, yeah, you know, uh, and I'm not, uh, I'm not being, uh, narrow-minded here. I'm, I, I want to be open. Like, it could be your, your significant other, whatever, you know. Like, I'm, I'm a very open person. I'm a very inclusive person. It could be your gay partner, your, uh, LBGTQ, whatever. You know, I, I don't care. Uh, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be inclusive. If I'm offensive in being inclusive, then that's what I am. Uh, but, you know, if you, if you consult that person or persons and make those decisions and you're happy with those decisions that you made, then you shouldn't be unhappy with where you are because you've planned it and you've made those decisions. It's the people that allow themselves to be pushed around by the forces of nature, the economy, the government, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, that they're not the ones making their decisions. Normally, they're the ones that are unhappy with where they're at. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll use myself as an example for external forces resulting in unhappiness here um but as i as i kind of stated on the last episode um so i got my degree in biomedical engineering i was near the top of my class and i could have had kind of whatever job i wanted or gone to grad school or whatever but the job that i chose to go for was very kind of physically demanding um and it required me to sign a contract uh, with, you know, the institution or whatever for a set amount of time, no matter if it was that job or another one within that institution. Um, so I got I got injured um, in my leg, and I wasn't able to do that very physical job. And they, you know, shuffled me around to a different position, you know, with one that I'm way overqualified for. Um, and entirely unhappy with. And every time I try to take a step in a direction that would result in something better for myself and my situation, I, I keep finding that roadblocks just magically appear in front of me. Uh, and there's not a whole lot I can do about it. Um, so, like, I think I'm way overqualified for my job, but I try and apply for another, you know, position in the in the company, and suddenly, oh, you don't have, you know, these qualifications, or oh, you better get this in fast, or we're gonna, you know, send you away for six months, type of thing. And I'm, I can say, like, I'm definitely not happy not being the one in control of where I'm going and what I'm doing. Yeah, but it's, it's also the way you look at it, and it's not a permanent thing. It's a short term. In the grand scheme of things, it's a short term. So you still have to make your plans. You're still somewhat in control of what happens after. You're still having a plan. So I think what Dad was trying to say, it's those people who have no contingency plan, no plan at all, no A through Z plan. They have, oh, this is it. That didn't work out. So I don't know what to do. I'm just not happy. 
Um, it's something, you know, we talked to, uh, dad and I were talking about sis earlier in the week and, and last week and how, you know, I think Josh, you and I were even talking about how she has a plan. Not only does, not only does just have a plan, (laughs) she's got A through Z. And if those aren't working, she'll take a combination and create a plan D F G Z and we're good. Um, there, there's a plan, the plan, the plan. There's always, okay, that didn't work. Here's the next step. You're always trying to improve, trying to get where you want to go and meet your, your end goal. And sometimes that little minuscule amount of time where you're not in control of it because of other circumstances, you have to look at it as, okay, I've got to finish this. When this is over, I need a plan to keep going or I will never move ahead. And I know it's frustrating and it, and it's very, it can be very depressing, very downtrodden feeling that you're not in control, but it's also, and like you said earlier, it's a patience thing. Uh, on and, that and note, you, I have many issues that result in multiple plans because I refuse to be unhappy ever again. Well, and I refuse to be backed into a corner where my happiness is not important. And you know what makes your life happy, and and that's great. I am not afraid to take a two by four to somebody standing in my way. (laughs) We know. (laughs) Granted, when no, but but you know, in, in the same vein, I think that's what I'm trying to say, sis is what you just said you know obviously you relate to your generation better than i can because i'm old as dirt um is that you know uh, and i'll use uh joshua's situation as an example you had a plan you worked that plan and and you did diligently and worked that plan and, and and we were proud of you for the for the way you worked that plan like don't don't ever uh but through circumstances outside of your control something happened which was your leg injury uh that resulted in your plan not being able to come to fruition okay we get that um, you know, life throws us fucking curveballs, as the saying goes. Um, you know, uh, now you can sit there and you can bitch and moan and you can curse your luck and you can say, you know, this is unfair and everything else. And, uh, you can hate your life or as you've done, you can move forward by talking to your significant other and making new plans. Oh, maybe I'll look at this. Maybe I'll look at that. Maybe I'll look at this. Well, just because you make new plans doesn't mean it's just magically going to appear. And, and that's the problem with the current generations. And I say generations, plural in America is that they think everything should just be handed to them. No, nothing is going to get handed. Life is hard. Life wants to grind you up, spit you out, and make you uh, understand that you're nothing, you're insignificant. Well, and, and, and life just wants you to be, you know, a conformist. Uh, if you're not happy with your life, it does not mean you should stop planning or working towards a plan or trying to make things happen. Um, you know, the, the, yeah, you know, the people that are, um, the unhappiest with their life, the ones that have the most regrets, the ones that, uh, 
are haunted by things that they should have done and didn't do, um, the ones that uh, are, are upset at the fact that they never said, I'm sorry to the one they loved, or I love you to the one they should have, or, or you know, the ones that, uh, that, that hate the fact that they never ran to the train and, and, and went on the train to Budapest, Hungary, or that went on the train to South America, or rode the Orient Express, or, or grabbed a plane and flew to the southernmost point of South Africa, um, South Africa or South America, or Europe. The, those people, the ones that did all that and hate the fact they never did that, the ones that did all, you know, hate the fact they never said I love you to the ones they should have and all of that, they're the ones in the graveyard. Uh, they're the ones that are dead and buried. They're the ones that are gone. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is, if you don't like where your life's at, you can change it. You can change it tomorrow with a simple decision and a simple action. On that note, probably yes. edging into our next subject of mental health whenever that pops up, I was supremely unhappy in Arkansas. And yes, I don't regret moving. There was not a whole lot of planning that went into that. I kind of just uh, jumped. But I don't regret it. Right. Because I'm 100% certain had I not done that I probably would have shot myself by now. I understand. And it, and it's um, that, that that is definitely for a, another podcast. <laughs> Veering um, off topic. We'll, we'll get there in a couple episodes, don't worry. Um I think what Dad's trying to say is you live your life without regrets so that when you're on your deathbed, you you look back and you went, I had a good life. You're, you're not looking back going, I should have, would have, could have. You need to, you know, live life to the fullest. And it goes back to what I said, um, I believe it was last week. Society's not living your life. You're living your life. And as long as you are not hurting somebody else or breaking the law, you need to live your life, your best life, your way. When you try to conform it to what society wants and how that looks, that's when you end up in issues and problems. So, you know, live your life with no regrets. If you're not happy where you are, make that change. And it's not going to be easy, but make the change. And and if you need help making the change, get help making the change. There's people that will help you and guide you and give you advice that have been there. You know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, find that successful entrepreneur in the area you live. Get to know them. Ask them, how did you do it? How did you know that's what you wanted to do? You know, spend time with them. Let them talk. And, and the best way to learn is just to buy them a cup of coffee and let them talk. Don't, you know, ask a leading question and then go with it and let them talk. And you learn more by listening and being able to apply it. And, you know, it's it's one of those things you develop those relationships and they'll give you little hints along the way on, oh, well, have you ever thought about doing X, Y, and Z instead of A, B, and C? And that little comment, if you really stop and think about it, could be what changes and catalyst to you struggling on your idea to making it flourish. And that it, it's, you know... It's not easy. It's hard work. Everything is hard work. It's not just going to fall in your lap. If things fall in your lap, it's like the lottery winners that have things fall in their lap. They won, but they don't have a plan. And they blow it all and are actually worse shape in five years than what they were before they won. 
So hmm. always look to the future, have a plan, have a, have a goal. Right. And, uh, I've uh, I've got a question for you, Mama Dead. Um, kind of a little off topic. Okay. But um, I'm gonna phrase it two different ways. Um, feel free to answer whichever one you want. Um, number one is, do you regret having kids as early as you did? Um, and the second way of phrasing that is, where would your life be if you hadn't had kids when you did? Um, heavy question don't spare the feelings I can take it I mean it's okay I know we pretty much derailed whatever plans you guys had going for you <laughs> you know I, I don't regret it it was definitely hard was not anything we planned all of you were unplanned don't know how that happened um, well when a mommy and a daddy but... love each other very much <laughs> Thank you. Um, you guys were not planned. It, it, you know, as we told you guys when we were growing up, we were young and dumb. Um, you know, I don't know that if we hadn't had kids, we probably wouldn't be together. Our lives would have just met for that brief moment and moved on. Uh, because, you know, quite honestly, that was not in either one of our plans at that point. To have kids get married and, and figure out how to make it work. Okay. Um, yeah, we just, uh, I don't know, I, where we'd be now, that's really hard to say. Um, because you don't know what, what would have happened, what opportunities would have come each of our way if we had hadn't ended up pregnant and hadn't gone on this path. But, um, I mean, I know travel would have been involved in my life. I would have been in a different place. I wouldn't have been, I would not have been back where we are now. Um, living in the state we live in now, it would have been different. My, my plans were to travel internationally in business. But, you know, it is what it is, and and it's been an, an interesting fun ride. And I got three amazing children. Love you. All right, Dad, your turn to answer the hard question. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you know, it's not a tough question. Do I regret having kids early? No. Um. No. Uh, you know, I'm in my 40s. My kids are grown. So I've got plenty of life ahead of me. Um, do I think everyone is capable of having kids in their early, early 20s? No. Uh, hell, you guys know that. I've looked at you guys and said, You're never getting grandkids from me. You know this. Um, because... Yeah, I I know, but I'm I'm just like not everyone's cut out to have kids in their early twenties, and most of the people that do do it by mistake and have to grow up with their kids and they figure it out as they go along. Uh, you know, like the the chances of finding a mature adult to have kids in their early twenties, and when I say early twenties, I'm saying under twenty five. Uh, is next to nothing. Like, yeah, as you guys know, I'm around uh, university-age kids uh, for my work, and most of them as dumb as a box of rocks, even though they're at university. Um, <laughs> and I found out today, by the way, uh, that college doesn't teach kids anything because most kids do not understand that they can retire in 10 to 15 years out of university following a few basic rules. Uh, so, you know, college is for the birds and the amount of money people spend on college is crazy, but that's America and that's a whole nother story. Um, I appreciate that, Dad. Yeah, you're welcome. 
Uh, <laughs> on the other side of things is, um, which was what? College kids early? No, don't, don't kid that. Uh, how would my life be different? Uh, uh, it, it, the long story short is no idea. No idea. Got no idea how different my life would be if I hadn't had kids early. Uh, I can guess at it and I could tell you what I think my guess would be, but it's purely a guess. Um, and I think the best example of that is if people, uh, look up Gary Vaynerchuk on YouTube when he, when he, he talks about whether you should do or should not do something and why you should or should not do something. He says you can't, you, you, you got one or two decisions and you don't know how the other decision is going to work out. So pick one and go with it because you got no idea how the other one's going to play out. Um, you know, uh, with what I was doing, and where I was at that point in time, uh, there was one of two possibilities. I could have been, I could have been mega wealthy and, uh, a figure in, in government, or I could have been dead. So, you know, that's the two possibilities out of the, that scenario, other than where I chose to go. Um, and even after I chose where I was going to go, it was a decision to be between staying alive and not staying alive. Um, and you know, it, it, the, you never know. You don't know where things are going to go. You have to make a decision. And then you have to work that decision to the best of your ability to make it work. And all decisions, every time you make a decision, there is always follow-ups to that. Um, so, you know, uh, and it goes back to the earlier question, Joshua and Felicity of are you happy with where you're at well you made a decision are you happy with that decision yes or no then based on your answer there's a follow-up okay i am or i am not happy what do i do or not do to keep going where i'm going or not going where i'm going and so life is constantly, and I think that's what this, uh, uh, this country in particular forgets to inform people of is that life is constantly decisions and government particularly want people just to fall in line and not make decisions. Because if they don't make decisions and they don't think for themselves, they're easier to rule. Uh, but life is constantly a decision. It's constantly thinking about where you are and where you want to be. And if you're happy or not happy about that. And you can change, you can change your life literally, um, from experience. You can change your life in less than, in less than 30 days. In less than 30 days, you can change your life. Um, not saying that in less than 30 days, you will go from zero to millionaire. That is not what I am saying. But I am saying you can change the trajectory of your life in less than 30 days. Uh, but government, government as a whole doesn't want you to do that. Government as a whole, um, wants you just to succumb and be obedient to what they say because you're easier to rule. 
And if you go back through history, uh, the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians, go back through all of that. That's what they want. Fold, succumb, do what you're told. You're easier to command. And then the elite become richer and elite, and the, the rest of you become where the rest of you become. Uh, so, uh, you know, I would say that if you're not happy with your life, if you're not happy with where you are, you can change all of that within 30 days. But it comes down to you doing the research and you making the decision. Um, and once you've made the decision, stick to it. You might have to change certain things along the way, but you don't have to change the entire outcome. That's from my old ancient up on the Himalayan mountains, looking down on the Yetis, uh, telling you, you know, that's that's what you can do. Oh yes, enlightened one. <laughs> All right, and I think that that about brings us to the end of the episode. Okay. Um, so, in conclusion, everyone out there, you are the master of your own fate, captain of your own ship. Hell yeah. You can change, you know, your life and change your trajectory to be happier with your life. And that includes not moving somewhere <laughs> that a homeowners association is. So on that note, um, I've been Josh. I'm mom. I'm Felicity. And that was Faye Answered Questions. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you again in the next episode. Bye. Bye.